Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this morning and the privilege we have to come into your presence. Thank you that you promised where two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are with us. And so we welcome you here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will come and speak to each and every one of us, that you will grant us to eat from your word and be sustained, nourished by it. And Lord, we just pray for your will and your kingdom to come in each and every heart here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you know, I've been spending some time with the Lord during the last month and um, something that the Lord really pressed on my heart for us as a church is to become a city on a hill. And um, I've really just been meditating on that concept. And as the year continues, we, we will spending, we'll be spending more time around this concept of being a city on a hill. And, but now, as we started this year, we're busy with the series of homecoming and, and what it means to be at home and, and our church can become and is supposed to be our spiritual home and how we grow in this home and this place. And, and so in that context, um, I, I want to share around this physical, spiritual, and eternal home that we have. We all have a physical home. It is a place where our biological family resides. It, it's a building. Uh, Mom and dad and, and, and um, siblings are there. And, and we all... Most of us grew up in a home, and, and we're well familiar with the concept. And if you had a healthy family in a healthy home, there is very uh, many positive memories that will come to the fore when you speak about home or when we say we are going home. And I'm sure when, when, when you think back when you were a child of many um, emotions and feelings of being home, even, even now that I'm older, my, my mom is actually here. Oh, it's mama. Um, you know, she still lives in the same house that, that I grew up in from, I think I was five when we moved there. And every time I go home, it brings a lot of memories about being back home. But we not only have a physical home, we also have a spiritual home called the church. Our physical home is where our biological family resides, but our spiritual home is where our Christian family comes together where we live and fellowship and, and, and love together. And then we also have an eternal home, which is heaven. For those who've accepted Christ's salvation, we have this hope, promise, and guarantee that our eternal home is waiting for us in heaven with God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, with all the angels. We will live for eternity with God as God has prepared a place for us and waiting for us there. So our home speaks on all three of these aspects or these um, dimensions. Home speaks about belonging, identity, safety, and purpose. And with that in mind, I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 2 that speaks about an aspect of home belonging and identity, security, and purpose. It's a very powerful scripture that speaks about this aspect of home. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What a powerful scripture that speaks about an aspect of our belonging, our identity, our purpose. We once belonged to the world. We once were driven by and living by the ways of the world. Once our home, our belonging, our identity, purpose was in the world. And we know that scripture says that those who live by the ways of the world, their end is destruction. And once we too lived in the world, for the world, driven by the lust of the flesh to do the things that is pleasing to man. You see, in in reality, there are only two kingdoms in the universe. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And these two kingdoms operate on different principles and commands. And if you're in the kingdom of darkness, which we once were, we were driven by the principles and the commands of this world, by the desires of the flesh and the ways of the world. And it led us in a particular way. But then by God's mercy and grace, He saved us out of darkness into His marvelous light. And now we live in the kingdom of light and we are living according to a different set of principles and commands, which are often opposing to one another. And we are driven not by the flesh and the desires of the flesh, but we are driven by the Spirit and that what pleases the Lord. And so as you are called from the one kingdom to the other, you also follow and live by different principles and commands. And these things determine how your home looks like. Depending on which principles, commands you are living by will determine how your home will look like. Now in the physical home, where all starts, the physical homes may look very similar to those who live in darkness and those who live in light. It'll be a physical place where the biological family comes together, loves and cares. But if you follow the principles and the commands of the world, you are very susceptible to to broken relationships, divorce, and abuse. Where if you follow the principles and the command of the kingdom of light, you are protected against and move away from those things. And you're less susceptible to that. Then if you continue to follow, you find that the the more you start to move from the physical to the spiritual, the more clear the divide becomes. The more easy it is to see which kingdom you belong to. In the spiritual sense, the world becomes the home of those who are still in the kingdom of darkness. They find their identity in the world. They live according to the ways of the world and they are driven by the desires of the flesh that is satisfied in the world. Those who are in the kingdom of light, their spiritual home is the church. And they live by the principles and the commandments of God. And their love for God and their love for each other are driven by the Spirit of God. And you already see a a great divide. And if you continue those, those trajectories, you will find that the eternal destiny of those in the kingdom of darkness and those in the kingdom of light is completely different. The one's destiny is hell and the other one's destiny is heaven. And so there's a great divide where these different principles and commands lead us to. And so when we speak about homecoming, we're not just speaking about our physical homes, we're speaking about our spiritual homes and ultimately our eternal homes. 
That's why 1 Peter is so powerful. Because it speaks about the fact that we've been called out of darkness into light. And with the calling from the one kingdom to the other, our homes completely changed. And here we read in Ephesians chapter 2 the following. It says, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of our body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. That is the state of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages He may show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, what, what, a, what a powerful summary of what it means to be called out of darkness into His wonderful light. We once were dead in our trespasses, driven by the ways of the world, just like the rest of mankind, whose destruction is clear. But God, being rich in mercy, kindness, and grace, called us out of darkness redeemed us from a meaningless, destructive way of life to come into His kingdom. And the way He did that was by sending His Son to die for us, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so each and every one of us who have escaped corruption through the embracing of salvation have been called out of darkness. And, and, and so this is an amazing privilege to understand who we are. The home that we live in now is no longer in the world, but it is in Christ. And so we have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. How great is God's love and grace towards us. You see, sinful mankind in the kingdom of darkness follows the course of this world that leads to destruction. They follow the prince of the air, which is Satan, that leads to death. They live by the passions of their flesh and carry out the desires of the body and the mind. And by nature are children of wrath, sons of disobedience. Now that in itself, that description also speaks very powerfully about identity and destiny. But, but God, rich in love, mercy, and kindness extended His grace towards you and me in the midst of darkness and humanity and the rest of mankind. God extended His grace to us. And whosoever accepts that grace is being plucked out of darkness, out of the rest of mankind into the kingdom of light. You are redeemed. You are washed, you are cleansed, you are forgiven, you are accepted as children of God who are no longer part of the world, but part of the kingdom of Christ. 
It is an immense privilege to be taken from the rest of mankind. It's true when Peter says, you are a special people. You are a special people called out of darkness. You are a royal priesthood appointed by God out of darkness. You are a special possession of God from out the rest of mankind. It speaks so powerfully of not just God's love and grace, but also the privilege we have to be called into light. The rest of mankind versus those who have been called out of. You and I, those who accepted Christ, are the special people of God. You are the city on the hill. We are the minority. And we will remain so. Out of the rest of mankind, God has called you. That makes you special. That's why Peter says, you are a special people. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. And I want to encourage you with that. You are special. You are special because God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How do we move from darkness to light? The first step is salvation. It's when we bow our knee and we accept Christ's offer of salvation. That's how we step out of darkness into his marvelous light. We may accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord and we follow him. That is an immense privilege. And that makes you special. It makes you special for two reasons. First and foremost is because not all mankind accepts that offer of salvation. Just like Israel was a metaphor of God's purpose for us today, Israel was a nation among all the nations of the world that God chose to be his own special people, his own possession. To this very day, Israel still is God's possession among all the nations. It has not changed. But now in this dispensation of grace, we as Gentiles who once were not a people, who once had no mercy, now are the people of God, now have received mercy. This is an immense privilege. It makes you special. One, because you were chosen out of the rest of mankind. Two, it makes you special because of the price that was paid to redeem your life. A price was paid To redeem your life. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. What that means to you and me today. Is not only does it give us identity. Like Israel. Found its identity in being chosen by God given God's commandments and principles and living it out made them different to the nations around them for two reasons. First, God, they were God's people. Second, they followed God's way. Those two things made them completely different to all the nations. But that's not the only reason they were special. Because they had the commandments. They were special because God chose them. And because God chose them, because you are chosen also, It gives not just identity, it gives security. 
it gives security. You are God's special possession. So when you face this year, ladies, I want to speak to you. You know, in the world that we live in today, please, you are not cheap. You are special. You are special. Do not allow the world to place value on your life. Guys, do not allow the world to put value on your life. The one who determines your value is the one who paid for your life. And you are special. You are called out of the rest of mankind into the kingdom of light. And you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. You're not just special because you were chosen. You are special because there is value on your life. The way we determine value is how much somebody would be willing to pay for something. How much is this worth in the, in the shop? Ten rand. Like somebody said, yeah, if you're in the shop, but if you're in the desert, it might be worth a bit more. <laughs> but who of you would go to the spa today if you have options of different water bottles and there's one like this for 2,000 rand, who will pay it? No, you're not going to do that. But if everybody is willing to pay 2,000 rand for a bottle of water, what are you going to do? You're going to pay 2,000 rand. The, the, the value of art is determined, if I have to be honest, not always because of the skill of the artist, but how much people are willing to pay for it. God was willing to pay for your life. And it wasn't 10 bucks. He was willing to pay for your life with everything. His only son became man to pay for your life. You're not just special because he paid it for you. You're special because of the cost of it. If somebody pays a million rand for this bottle, I'm going to frame it. You're not going to touch it. Not even my grandchildren. <laughs> you were bought with not corruptible things like gold and silver, but by the precious blood of Jesus. That makes your life special, valuable. God poured His Spirit into you. You are not like the rest of mankind. You are different. And this gives us great security because the same God who saved me at great expense is the same God that cares for me because He loves me. The reason He saved me is because of love and the reason He cares for me is because of love. It wasn't a random blank check. And so it gives us not just identity, it gives us great security. That the God who loves me is the God who cares for me. And, and why? Because He loves you. I mean, Luke 12 says, Jesus says the following, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why? Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, 
you are of more value than many sparrows. Fear not. Do not be anxious. Not a single bird falls to the ground apart from your father's will. And you are of more value than many birds. Why? Because not a single bird has been purchased by the blood of Christ. You have been. That is who you are. Being part of God's people brings with it God's care and provision. I mean, Matthew 6, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Being part of God's house, being in His home, is far more than identity. It's also security. You belong to Him. The God who saves us is also the God who sustains us. And the motivation behind this great grace of salvation is also the motivation behind our provision. It's love. Which leads us to our second response. The first response in light of God's mercy and grace to save us out of darkness into this light. Even though we were sinners. Even though we were dead in our trespasses. The first response to what God has given us. And this is the most important step for each and every one of us. We need to, at the, at the presentation of the gospel, God's hand of grace, salvation through the sacrifice of His Son. The most important thing any human being can make is to respond to that. Is to take a step out of darkness into light. And I want to really encourage you, if you're here today, if you've never taken a step out of darkness, the ways of the world, Today is an opportunity for you to make a step out of darkness into His light. So that you can too experience the liberty, the freedom of being accepted, loved and forgiven. Given a hope in the future. A relationship with God that can never be taken away from you. That's the first and most important this, the step that we need to make is to take a step out of darkness into His light. And then the second response, in light of this great mercy and grace at the cost of our salvation, our second step in response to this is thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving. It's such a simple yet powerful, profound posture before God where we are thankful to God for our salvation. That we are no longer destined to wrath and destruction, to perish, but to be saved and have eternal life, not because we did anything, but because of His grace. How can we but respond by being thankful? Thankfulness. Thankfulness is a powerful expression of humility before God, where we thank God every day for our salvation. I remember I got saved at the point of suicide. I, I realized I was a sinner, but I didn't like myself. I hated life. I hated myself. I want to kill myself. But at that point of suicide, God saved me. God saved my life twice. Saved me from hell and saved my life physically. 
To this very day, I'm still thankful for God for saving me from hell. I'm still thankful. I'm still thankful for everything that He's given me from that day on. Every step of my life, if I look back, I can see God's faithfulness of providing for me. Not always the way I wanted. There wasn't always an eagle bringing a buck. No, sometimes it was a raven being a piece of meat. An unclean bird. Hallelujah, the Adam Prophet. You know, it must have been difficult for the prophet. I mean, he's the prophet of God. He thinks he's the only one left. Surely, God, you can give me a little bookie and eat boss ochant, you know? A little ram in the bush every morning. Now God sees a bird. Oh, please, Lord, at least let it be an eagle. I'm a prophet after all. Now it's a raven. Now unclean, that's a, that's a fail fool. But if I look past my life, I can see God's provision faithfully throughout my life. And thankfulness is a powerful attitude of humility before God. When we come to God, we first and foremost thank Him for our salvation. God, thank You for saving me. Thank You, God, for providing for me throughout my life. Where I am today, what I have, what I've experienced, what I've accumulated around me, a wife, a beautiful wife, beautiful children, a home, the privilege to serve you. I drive a Toyota. Thank you, Lord. It's not a Land Rover. I mean, it could have been so worse. <laughs> please don't bless me with one. Um, a Land Rover. <clears throat> no, I'm just joking. Land Rovers apparently are nice cars. But thankfulness is an attitude towards God of humility when we bring back to remembrance everything that God has done for us. It is a posture that God accepts and responds to. And it protects our hearts from being discontent. Or entitlement. Thankfulness protects me from entitlement and discontentment. When I'm thankful for everything that God has done, I can ask Him. As I'm reminded of His faithfulness. And I don't demand from Him. But I'm thankful before Him. It's a powerful posture of humility. now, And I want to encourage you in this year, as we enter, first step, most important step out of darkness. Into His marvelous light. Second, be thankful. Be thankful of His faithfulness and His grace to save you and me and to provide for us. It reminds me, this thankfulness of the ten lepers that came to Jesus, begged them for healing. And Jesus, moved by compassion, healed all of them. And then we read here in Luke 17 from verse 15, and then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan; He wasn't even a Jew. And then Jesus answered, were they not clean, ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let us come to God every morning with thankfulness and thank Him for what He has given us. 
God's love was motivated by salvation. Motivated my salvation. God's love motivated and motivates his parenting of my life. You know, one thing about belonging to God, being called out of darkness into his marvelous light, is the fact that he embraces us, not just as servants, but as children into his house. And he says, call me your father. I am now your father. You are now my child. And I not only love you, but I will parent you. I will care for you. For most of us who grew up in a normal home, home was a place of safety, of rest, of being love, of fellowship, a place of being comforted, a place of healing, a place to be fed, a place to sleep, to recover, to be encouraged and to be sent out again. Now oh, it's difficult in the morning sometimes to send my children to school. I pray often after I drop them. Send them back into the world. We want to make church a home as God desires it to be. Where you can come and be safe. Come and be loved. Be comforted. Be encouraged. Be prepared and sent out again. Our parents provided for us. They cared. They loved. But they also instructed us. They corrected us. They disciplined us. And they blessed us and enabled us and sacrificed for us. We are shaped and prepared by our parents for life outside. And so church will also be a place where we are shaped. And we are disciplined and where we are prepared. So that we can face the world out there. And one day I'm going to send my, my two girls to be married. Oh, bless that man. He must be amazing. Because my daughters are very. Sometimes my daughters are embarrassed because I think they're so valuable. I make it so difficult for the singers. It's because I love them. They're special. God feels the same about us and, and He wants to prepare us. He wants to prepare us when He sends us out. So too in the house of God. God loves us. He cares for us. But He's also preparing us, shaping us to be sent out. In 1 Peter we read, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Uh, we have a purpose to be prepared to go out and proclaim the praises of Him who called us out of the rest of humanity. We are called to proclaim the praises of this merciful, gracious God that loves us so much, even though we did in our trespasses and sins, gave His Son so that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Not perish, but have eternal life. And part of this family, this home, is to prepare to, be, to go and proclaim the praises of, of this awesome God. So when we come together, we praise and we worship Him from a plaque of thanksgiving. This is where it starts. But also to be prepared to go out and to proclaim the praises of Him. To become a city on a hill. 
to be a community within a community that proclaims the praises of God. To be a lamp on a lampstand in the midst of darkness. To shine the light of God's mercy and grace and love through us to the world around us that they may see this God who loves them. It's part of what God has called us. Two weeks ago, Pastor Werner preached about God being on the move. And this is the third response, I believe, for us today. As we choose to step out of darkness into His light, to come to God with thanksgiving that we will also be willing to be moved, to be sent out. I remember 10 years ago, November 10 years ago, we had our first service. There was 15 people. Today we're more than 600. God is moving. God is moving in this community. A year ago, we, we sent Craig to plant Claymont. Last Sunday, there were more than 100 adults and 25 kids. Within a year, God is moving. Today we're sending Dylan and him to Polikwani. God is moving. God is moving in this community. Look at this hall. We started with 15. And you like the second service, my voice. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> what will I do if it's three? <laughs> now I was at the wedding. I had to counsel somebody while everybody was dancing. And you know the young people's weddings. They love the music very loud. I was just screaming the whole time at the poor lady. Trying to smile. as I tried to communicate with the music. That's where my voice went. The point is, uh, God loves us. And you are special. You are valuable. You have a place in His house, in His home. To be encouraged. To be healed. To be restored. But also to be sent. God is always on the move. He has a desire to see all men come to the knowledge and faith of Him. And so I want to, I want to encourage you to, to search your hearts and speak to the Lord whether you are willing. We are willing this year to come not just to step out of darkness, not just to be thankful, but also to be willing to be moved. To be willing to be moved more than you were last year. And say, God, help me to be more pliable in your hands, Lord. Help me to be more sensitive to your spirit, Lord. Teach me. Show me what it is you want me to do. How can I be this light on the lampstand that proclaims praises of you who called me out of darkness into your marvelous light? I'm going to ask the ushers to hand out for us the elements of communion. And, and as they do so, I want you to end your seats just where you are, just to close your eyes and and just respond to the Lord in your own words. To whatever the Holy Spirit might have spoken to you during this time together, just in your own heart, in your own words, just respond to the Lord. Just speak to Him. What is the Lord saying to you this morning? Thank you.
we remain in this attitude of, of prayer before the Lord. If, if you are here this morning and you've never really stepped out of darkness, you're still in this world, driven by the things of this world, God is calling you today. He's extending His hand to you. My son, my daughter, step out of darkness. It's going to kill you. Step out of darkness. Step into my light. I've made a way for you. If that is you this morning and you want to respond to the Lord, all the eyes are closed. You can just raise your hand. You can just say, Lord, here I am, Lord. I want to step out of darkness. Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? It's the most important reason why we're here. It's for that one, for the one response. And it's worth it. Not for me. It's worth it for God. Heaven rejoices. Another one is coming in. Another one is coming in. It was worth it. It was worth sending your son to redeem another one of mankind. It's a legacy that changes. It's a legacy. It's not just a life. It's a legacy. And for some of us, You've already made that decision, but you know there's areas in your life. There's areas in your life that are still in darkness. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. But God is speaking to you. Step out. The way you think. The way you justify. The things you do. You know it's the way of darkness. Step out. Step into my light. If that is you this morning, as your eyes, all the eyes are closed, you can just respond to the Lord. You know what it is. He knows what it is. He's calling you to step out. If that is you this morning, just respond to Him by raising your hand. So, Lord, I want to step out of darkness. I'm going to turn away from this. I'm going to step into your marvelous light. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, God, that you see. For everyone who humbles themselves before you, God, you give grace. You give grace to the humble, but you resist the proud. Thank you, Lord, that there is freedom, there is deliverance, there is healing for everyone who steps into your light. And there's some of us here this morning, God is challenging you to be thankful, not to be resentful, but to be thankful. Not to be entitled, but to be thankful. Maybe He's just reminding you of all the things that He has given you and He's calling you to remind yourself every day of His faithfulness. A change of posture when you approach Him to start with what you're thankful for. If that is you this morning, you want to respond to the Lord, say, yes, that is I'm Lord. I I want to be thankful from now on. Just raise your hand before Him. It's just between you and the Lord. 
It's just an act of faith. You can raise your hand and drop it again. And then there's some of us here today. God is challenging you to move. I said to move from where you're at. And I'm not talking about moving to Hermanus. That'll be too much. He's not asking you that. For some of you, might be asking to move from Hermanus. But he's not asking you to move from Hermanus. He's asking you to move in your heart. He's asking you to move, to be willing to be used by him in Hermanus, in this church, in this community. That you will be willing to be moved. You might not even know what He wants to move you to or where He wants to move you to. He's just asking your willingness. And you've been hesitant. And if that is you, I just want you to respond to the Lord. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm willing to be moved. I'm willing to let go of where I'm at. My comfort zone, my, my reasoning, my, my excuses. Lord, I want to be moved. Lord, I thank you for each and every heart that has responded this morning, Lord. I, I thank you for your grace to come and bring life. Thank you for bringing life. I want us all to stand. If you raised your hand, I want you to quickly come forward. We want to minister with you. We've got time. That's, that's why we have a second service. So, Everybody can stand. Everybody can stand. If you raised your hand for any of those reasons, we want to minister with you. We're going to end off with a song of worship. But if you responded for any of those things, we want to minister with you. We want to, we want to ask God to help you, to set you free, to impart into you, and to seal the commitment that you have made. It's a step of faith, but it's also a step of commitment. You know, following Jesus always costs us something. It costs us faith, that loyalty, commitment. So if you made that hand, if you raised that hand, please come forward and we're going to pray with you. And for the rest of us, if you haven't raised your hand, you want to come forward, you want to have some prayer, we're going to pray with you also. But we're going to end up with a song. Yes, we can sing the last song. We can sing the last song. And we're just going to minister you for a moment. And, and let's continue that, speaking to the Lord. As we minister, as we worship, um, just allow the Lord to speak to you. And speak back to Him. Let's do that. Sorry. Let's take the bread. That's why I've got two mothers. Father, we just want to thank you for this bread. Lord, we thank you for what it means. What it represents. Lord, it was, it was you stepping out from your comfort. From your place of safety. In the glory of God, you, you were willing to become man. And more than that, Lord, you were willing to take upon my sin, my shame, my guilt, the penalty that I deserve, that of the whole world, Lord, you were willing to become sin that you knew not, so that we can have a way to come out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, we want to thank you for this. We want to thank you for your body, Lord. And as we eat it, Lord, we will not forget the cost as we worship you for it. In Jesus' name, let's eat together.
Lord, we thank you for this cup. And what it represents, the blood that was shed for our life, that gives us freedom, it gives us forgiveness, it gives us wholeness, it gives us a future, it gives us hope, it gives us a destiny. It's the guarantee of our eternal inheritance with you. Lord, as we drink this cup, Lord, we, we commit ourselves to follow you always until we see you face to face, to move with you, to be moved by you. Because you belong, you, we belong to you, Lord. We thank you for this and we worship you. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Let's just take a moment. Let's just seal this time and worship with God. Speak to Him and sing to Him. So we're going to continue to minister.